Hey everyone, Ian Morgan Cron here, host of the show Typology. Before my friend Anthony joins us, I have a really big announcement for you. I've finally created my own Enneagram course. It's called True You, a deeper exploration of your Enneagram type. I am so stoked about it. You know, we all know there are lots of great Enneagram resources out there, but frankly, um, there are so many. It takes a long time to wade through them all, and most of us don't have the time to read them without quitting our day jobs. Uh, and so that's kind of what makes True You, this new training, kind of special. Most Enneagram courses like briefly cover all nine types, but in this training, True You, each Enneagram type is broken out into its own separate course specifically tailored to your Enneagram type, okay? This means you can choose to get the course pertaining only to your type, or you can cherry pick the courses you want for the really important people in your life, right? So I'm a four. I could just choose to get the 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 course on the four or let's say I want to know more about my wife's type and she's a, a nine. So I get the module on four. I get the one on nine. So it's fantastic, right? They're, they're going to be roughly 90 minutes a pop. So this is not like, <clears throat> you know, like grade training. This is for people who really want to explore deeper topics and immediately apply them into uh, their lives, okay? To help them become more skillful parents, colleagues, friends, partners, and just more attuned human beings, okay? I'm so stoked about sharing it with you. Here's how you can learn more about it. Registration for True You, a deeper exploration of your Enneagram type, opens in the next few weeks. So to join the waitlist to be notified, you need to visit typologyinstitute.com, cool new URL, typologyinstitute.com uh, to sign up. And when you do, you'll get a notification when the course is going to go live. So once again, typologyinstitute.com, visit it to learn more about this new training called True You, a deeper exploration of your Enneagram type. And now, let's get to our show. Hey folks, and welcome to Typology, the show in which we explore the mystery of the human personality through the lens of the Enneagram. I'm Anthony Skinner, producer of the show. We're certainly happy to have you here today. We've got a fantastic guest. I'm really excited about our guest today. She's a good friend of Typologies. We're talking about Rachel Cruz. She is a number one New York Times bestselling author and seasoned communicator. Rachel helps people learn the proper ways to handle money and stay out of debt. She's authored three bestselling books, including Love Your Life, Not Theirs, and Smart Money, Smart Kids. Her brand new book, which will publish January 5, 2021, is called Know Yourself, Know Your Money. Discover why you handle money the way you do and what to do about it. We'll talk more about her book and the show. Of course, as the daughter of Dave Ramsey, she uses the knowledge and the experiences from growing up in the Ramsey household to educate others, and that she does. 
She does a lot of that on this show, which would, uh, we're looking forward to. And uh, as the host of the Rachel Cruz Show, uh, which is available on Facebook and YouTube, and the Rachel Cruz Show podcast, which is available on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, she educates people everywhere. So without any further ado, here is the host of our show, Ian Cron. Rachel Cruz, welcome to Typology. Thank you, Ian. Thanks for having me on. You know, one of the most wonderful but intimidating moments of my life was when I was on the Rachel Cruz show. <laughs> yeah, right, Ian. <laughs> I was on a soundstage. How many people were on that soundstage? Uh there's quite a few, and they all have like their own specific job. <laughs> yeah, well, we hope, right? Yeah. But but it, it was like 10 people? Yeah, I'd say 10 to 12 usually, yeah. Well, because yeah. I think we did like a three-camera shoot. You have an audio person. You have content. You have the producer, director. Yeah, it's like the, it, was the whole, it was the whole thing. And you were a favorite, Ian. Well, I don't know. I, I, was, uh, I felt like I was, uh, on, I was on a – I felt like I was on Oprah for crying out loud. <laughs> I, I, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be serious. It's basically like Oprah, Rachel Cruz. Everyone's like, I don't really know, you know, which is, you know. Yeah, I was kind of like, am I pitting it? Am I, are my armpits okay? Am I, you know, is, is, is my lip glistening? Is you know, <laughs> the makeup person going to come get me? You're great. You're great. Well, you, you have such a, a wonderful and multifaceted career. Why don't you just, for the sake of, our audience, just just tell them in short what it is that you do. Yes. So I work at Ramsey Solutions. I'm a Ramsey, what we call personality. So my job is uh, in the financial space. And so I speak, I write, uh, I do media, books, podcasts, YouTube shows, all the things around personal finance. So my big passion is getting people in control of their money so that they can create a life that they love. Cause I just see money as a tool to use in life to um, create this life that you want and to give a bunch of it away. So being generous is a big part of my message as well. But really uh, I think for so many Americans, their money just controls them. It controls the job that they have to stay in that they hate. It controls uh, their lifestyle, it controls their stress and their thoughts and their options. And when money doesn't control you anymore and you actually control it, uh, there's a level of freedom in life, and um, I, I believe so so wholeheartedly in that. And so getting people uh, on the right track with their money is, is my passion in life. Well, well said. And, and a mission, you know, that I have often told people I think is amazing um, because I'm fortunate that, you know, we have a, a life where we don't have a lot of anxiety about money. Um, but there are a lot of people who live under the oppression and the tyranny of debt, um, unhappiness in their jobs, as you said, and feeling constrained. You know, let me give you an example of this. My daughter went to an expensive private college, right? And, you know, by God's good grace, we were able to pay for it, right? But she had friends coming out with, Fifty, seventy, a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt, and number one, I think the college tuition and system is a complete ripoff. Uh, but secondly, I felt so terrible that here were these young people 
carrying mortgages. Mm. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Except they don't and, have that, right? Like, exactly. They don't have the equity. It's, oh, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, and we met a girl who was in love with a guy, and the guy said, we can't get married. You have too much debt. Oh. We won't be able – you know what I'm saying? In other words, the debt chased the guy away. Um, so, it, it, you know, big mission, well done. Of course, Ramsey is enormous. You've got like, what, 1,300 employees over there now or something like that, all running around uh, trying to make this. I, I won't – yeah, right under 1,000. Oh, is that right? But I heard you were hiring, so I might need a job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> after COVID nineteen, everything we opened it back up. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We're all we're all very open to the possibility of applications being being put in. All right. So one question I always start the show with is, when did you first learn about the Enneagram, and how did you figure out your type? Yes. Um, okay. So the very first time I heard about it, it was back in two thousand and it had been early two thousand. No, 16. It was 16, 2016. And I was actually in Israel doing a trip, um, you know, around all the, all the things Israel, if you've been over there on a, on a Christian Bible type trip. And we were sitting outside the Sea of Galilee and there was a group of pastors in our area that went on this trip with us. And we did, I didn't really know them very well. So we were all talking one night and they brought it up. And they said, have you heard about the Enneagram? And I naturally love personality stuff. Like I do. I've taken every personality thing and I had never heard of the Enneagram. So they started talking about these numbers and these wings and all this. And I kind of thought, ah, it sounds a little bit, I don't know why. I just, I I kind of was like, not turned off by it, but I was like, eh, I've done that before. I know my personality, I'm good. Uh, So fast forward probably about six months. And uh, I think it was your book, The Road, The Road, uh, oh my gosh, The Road Back to You. Me. Ian. Road back, no, the road back to you. <laughs> I was like, wait, <laughs> I have like 18 copies at my house. I'm like, how do I not know this name? Sorry, that was a complete brain moment. Uh, I blame kids. It's just being <laughs> so that's what I'm blaming on. You can, you can always blame children. Yeah, that's it, always. Uh, and your the lists before every chapter, and I started just reading through those really quickly. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is fascinating because I immediately went to everyone else in my life except for me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's my mom. That's my dad. That's my husband. Right. That's friend. Like, you know, I can, I, it just was, it was unbelievable. And of course I found my number through that. And then, and then I got, and then I, I, I probably stayed deep in it for, for a while because as you know, there's so many layers, there's so much to it. And I keep learning and learning and learning. So I've tested one number. Uh, I'm on the Enneagram podcast with you with this one number. And I think I even told you the day you came and did my show last year. I still struggle because I think I might be another number. So I'm, but I'm still, I'm confident that I'm the number I probably test that I am because when I read it, I very much relate to it, but I still have a, a high number that I think I could be too. So Not to confuse me, Anthony, I have to tell you a funny story about okay. this. All right. So there's all this angst on the set because <laughs> Rachel thinks she's one number. Okay. Other people, other people are not saying as much, but they're all looking at each other, like rolling their eyes a little bit, you know, or, you know, turning away or, or going off into the shadows to talk, you know? <laughs> and, and, and I'm like, gee, I wonder what's going on. And, and, you know, God bless you, Rich. You were honest. You said, you know, some people think I'm this, some people think I'm that. And 
I said, and in, in one of the numbers was three. And what was the other number? Seven. Seven. And so I just said, all right, Rachel, close your eyes. <laughs> I <remember this laughs> and I said, how many of you here think Rachel is a three? And every single hand in the room went up. <laughs> and then I said, now, now, Rachel, open your eyes, because I wanted to protect everybody's, I wanted to protect everybody's job is what I was doing, right? I, I didn't save anybody's job. She should have fired all of them because every single person said, oh, she's a three. There's no question she's a three. The Enneagram is a big deal at Ramsey Solutions. I, I, I trained... 700 people there. I have done your show, Ken's show, uh, Entree Leadership a couple of times. I'm doing an event with you guys next month in Orlando. Who's that? That's a, I was just yeah. talking. To, yes, uh, Entree Leadership Summit. I didn't realize. Yeah. That. Oh, that's awesome. Yes, yes. Uh, hey, I'm on, hey, I'm on the main stage, babe. So watch out. Go. Yeah. So glad. Watch out. Everyone needs, everyone needs you. Yeah, right, right. Tell my, tell you my almost made me do a spit take. Just <laughs> Everybody needs you. <laughs> but my, everyone. That's it. My, my point is that I love how the Enneagram has worked itself into the, the dough of of Ramsey. I've had a lot of people at Ramsey stop me in restaurants or places and uh, who were at a training and have said, man, like this is something that's really affected our company's culture, but also my marriage, mm. you know? And so there's all these side benefits, you know, it's not, you know, am I, am I, I could be wrong, but you know, disc and stuff like that, really is a business application more than it is a holistic life education about yourself. Is that fair to say? Oh, absolutely. For sure. For sure. And so that, that has been a great joy to me that, that it has had uh, an impact over there. There's a couple of companies that's happened at, but it's, it's really fun that it's, uh, it's happened at, at yours. So Enneagram three, but are you still torn? I mean, yeah, some days I am. I'll be honest. Yes. Okay. Because I, I, I just have elements of a seven that are so strong, I feel like. But I also have elements of a three that are very strong as well. So, um, I mean, I'm probably a three. I'll just be honest. That's probably it. And, and is it true? Is this a true statement about the Enneagram? The number you like don't want to be is the number you usually are or something like that? Yeah, kind of. Okay, mine's a three. Like, I... <laughs> <laughs> annoying and can i say this too ian the most annoying combination um, I, I feel terrible saying it but i'm gonna just say it for me is an unhealthy male three well unhealthy anybody I, is no good that's fair i just can't i can't do it i can't do it what does that look like yeah i want to hear the i want to hear the history behind that i have dear friends that i love air quotes there no Oh, it's, it's pulling out their phone and showing me the last, you know, X, Y, or Z thing that they did and that they know this person and that person. And did you know I did this and that? And I'm like, I don't care. Like, I don't, like, I feel so drained because I didn't ask. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah, ask and I really want to know. I want the answer and I want to celebrate with you and like very much. It's not like this envious thing, but when it's just 
it just screams like insecurity to me or something. And I'm like, you're, yeah. you're be so validated by your work, which is such a three. And then I see it in like the unhealthy way. And I just see it more with guys, I guess, I guess. Cause I know more male threes than I do male or female threes. You know, I, I agree. When you see it, now we're talking about a low average to un unhealthy three, very little self-awareness. Just yeah. go on, just go on Instagram. <laughs> and every vacation, you know, here we are in, you know, uh, St. Bart's uh, sipping drinks, in, you know, with, with pictures of their feet looking out over the ocean, right, <laughs> and a drink in their hand. Or, hey, I'm s I feel so blessed to, uh, that I was able to buy this new Aston Martin. Or, I, you know, uh, glad to be hired. And it's sort of always credentializing, flaunting success. Yes. Um, looking for approval and admiration. Yeah. Now, again, these are unhealthy threes. Right. A very healthy three would not be in that space at all. Yes. Yes. And I guess maybe that's why I don't like a three, I guess, because I, I associate a three with all the unhealthy stuff, like all the things that annoy me about a three. That's what I think a three is. So I'm like, I don't want to be that. I don't know. If so, so the, here, here's the deal. Um, you don't have to be that. If you're, you know, doing your work and developing the kind of self-awareness where you're developing an inner, objective, compassionate witness who can step back and observe your behavior, the way that you're acting, thinking, and feeling in real time, and who can inquire and then make adjustments to step out of that unhealthy space, right? So I have a very strong three wing. It's called a heavy wing. I don't know if you know this, but with wings, um, you can have a heavy wing that is so heavy that let's say it's, you know, 90-10, right? You're, 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 it, it, you're, or I should say, no. Maybe, you know, you're just, the average, the proportions are such that it's, oh, they're almost the same, right? Right, right. Then you, 50, 50, then, right. Then you have a moderate, which is 50-50. And then maybe you have a light wing. And sometimes light wings play such a minor role that your dominant type just is really the thing that steps forward, yeah. right? So because I'm a dominant four, but with a heavy three wing, I – you know, I used to test as a three and a seven all the time. Okay. Same. Okay. I think the reason I had such a heavy three wing is I grew up in Greenwich, Connecticut, where everyone is successful. Everybody's flaunting it. Everybody's talking about Wall Street and all the bonuses they're making, the huge houses they're buying, the expensive private schools their kids go to. And I feel like I had to live a lot of my life in three just so I could fit in, even though I was a four. When I moved to Nashville, I was like, oh my gosh, these are my people. And my three wing relaxed and this four thing in me just blossomed. And so there are a lot of ways that this can work itself out, you know? And yes, yes. Well, it's funny for me, I think my work, which I, I need to probably like digest this more, but the work side of Rachel, it feels so much more seven to me. It really doesn't, which is, which is weird to say, but like my performance and all of that. And like, I don't, and this is, probably sounds like I'm not a great manager of 
my things and my platform and all of that. But like, I don't, I don't look at Instagram likes. I don't know how many YouTube video views I've got. Like my team helps with the research of what content works. I don't know. Cause I really don't care. I'm like, I just hope that content's helping people. But like, I don't go on Instagram and fret about what's going on. Like if I woke up tomorrow and every, all social media was taken away from me, like I probably would just start a personal account, make it private and actually post right. my family. Like, you know what I mean? With my, with my yeah. friends or whatever. Um, so the work side of me doesn't feel that, but where I do feel the three and that pressure of like performance, I want to be good enough. I want to be effective more so is at home. It's like with being a mom, being a wife, like that whole being a friend, like the personal side of me, I feel my threeness rise up. So what I was going to say, and this will be related about that heavy three wing of mine, is that I can catch myself now because of that inner observer and because I can literally feel it in my body. And that's something, Anthony, we got to do a show on eventually, which is I can feel when my passion, which is envy, starts to rise, right? You know, your passion is deceit or self-deceit. Mm -hmm. mine's envy, right? When it starts to rise up, I can feel it. And so with a heavy three wing, um, I might start to envy my friend's big house or fancy car, or I may be very, I may find myself, I was talking to a friend about this today, like I'm, I'm an approval seeker. I, I, I want people to really, I don't want people to just like me. I want them to admire me. I, I want people to think I'm the bomb. Now, that's when my three wing is really acting out. I'm a four, trust me. But I can step back and if you can do the same as a three and say, you know, right now, I'm kind of putting on my BS show because I want everybody to love me. I want everyone not just to love me. I want them to admire me. Mm. And then, and so I got to put an ice pack on that and, and, and try to get it to shrink, get my ego back to its proper size, you know, and that's what the Enneagram is largely for, you know, yes. making adjustments, you know, doing the right thing, you know. So you, you have this um, book dropping January 5th, 2021, right? Yeah. And it's titled Know Yourself, Know Your Money, Discover Why You Handle Money the Way You Do and What to Do About It. By the way, when did titles of books get this long? <laughs> That's the subtitle. <laughs> I mean, Know Yourself, Know Your Money. That's it. Know Yourself, Know Your Money is the title of the book. You know what it is? It's Four SEO. Four words. <laughs> Literally, it's SEO. Did you know that? That um, the more, the, the all more. Those terms in and. Yeah, so if people, if people Google them, the likelihood of your book coming up will be greater. Yeah. I don't know. One of these days, it's probably going to be full paragraphs, you know, of, of names of uh, books. Tell me about the topic of the book. We're going to jump into the Enneagram and money in just a second, but it's related to the book. So tell me about, tell us about the book. Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited about it. So it's on pre-sale, uh, but I really wanted to dig under the foundation of all the money principles we teach. Like I've been for 10 years telling people how to get out of debt and why you should budget, talking about investing and retirement and emergency funds and like all these things. But I started to realize, honestly, the Enneagram kind of helped with that um, and, and other types of self-awareness tools. 
of realizing, okay, yes, you can do all these things and you can do the baby steps. You can do the plan that we teach, but you can just white knuckle your way through it and just like grit your teeth and just go and make the progress. But I thought, man, what if you really can go underneath that surface and figure out why are you handling money the way you do? Why did you go that deep in debt? Was it for appearance sake because you wanted things? Was it the standard of living? Was it because you didn't plan? Was it because you don't have enough income? Like what, like what's the why behind that? What's the why that you don't budget? What's the why? So that, why do you spend the way you spend? Um, so really asking those questions and so much of it comes out of so many, obviously levels of who we are, but everything from uh, your fears in life, from how you grew up, your dreams, your tendencies, um, your your giving, your saving, your spending, your behavior, how you how you relate to behavior change. You know, are you are you quick to to change your behavior, or are you slower in the process? So, like figuring out all of that and really getting to the root of who you are, and for self awareness, not just for self awareness' sake, but to really use that as a tool and a springboard to help you win with money faster. Because when you start to understand the person in the mirror that's actually handling the money better, it's going to allow you to go on this journey, I think, and and see progress so much faster. Okay. Now, this has been a real interest for me. And in fact, we've been doing this series on YouTube. Uh, We've done Enneagram and Stress. We've done Enneagram and Team Building. We've done Enneagram and Leadership, you know, all kinds of stuff. And we have a plan for one on Enneagram and Finances. So I'm very, very excited to talk about it. Um, And I thought it would be fun today to go through the nine Enneagram types and talk about how they handle money and why, because here's the deal. And this is why I so agree with you. You know, um, you all have great tools, great mission. um, But I think there's another layer back and you've just been referring to it, right? Mm -hmm. Which is um, there are the issue of personality where different people can't, well, uh, it's not cookie cutter. In other words, like, like different people require uh, almost a different approach to um, money based on their particular personality. Right now, you're not going to change the principles of Ramsey, right? You want to get people out of debt. You want people to have a budget. You want people to have retirement, right? But different types are going to have to approach that differently. Um, it doesn't work the same uh, across the board. Um, so you, you want to try this out? Yes, let's do it. I know I, 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 my thoughts will be completely on the go because I haven't really like dove in specifically to each number and money, but I... I'm so I'm so excited. <laughs> well, you could well, I mean you could inter- you could you could interview me, but that would be kind of backwards. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I but, so yeah. I mean, I have my off the cuff, probably stereotypical ways that they probably do. So, like, the you want yeah. you want to go? Yeah, let's go. Okay. Let's, all right. So let's talk about type one perfectionists and money. I think these people are going to be great budgeters. Yes. Really, really good at. The details, grasping it, knowing it, uh, and thriving on that that progress of of being in control. Everything is right there, and they can kind of perfect it on paper or in their app, whatever they're doing. I think that ones will be really, really great budgeters. Yes, 
They are. I know very few ones who are in debt. Um, unless some life circumstances come along, unforeseen circumstance came along, uh, health thing or something that gave them no choice, you know, a sick parent, something like that. And, um, but they hate debt. And generally, ones are very frugal. Uh, if, if, a, if a one goes out and buys, they'll, they will go online and shop. And they will look for the very best price for an $80 sweater, okay? So they find, they find it for $65. They will drive 15 miles, right, to get the $65 one. And Lord forbid if they get home and find out that a day later, Target reduced it by half. They would bring I am feet back to the store and get the difference in yes yeah it's it's you know, it like it it arouses anger in the one that so, because it was unjust and unfair yes uh, that is my mother Ian that is mom is it really mom still keeps her receipts and if a sale goes on she does I mean for years I've known this she goes back to the store and she's like um I just bought this. And it went on sale, so I need, and they, and they, get, they do, they, they credit back, they give you back the money of the sale if you have the receipt within 30 days. Oh yeah, that is so my mom, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, I, so a lot of ones, it's interesting to me, by the way, at Ramsey, I don't know if I told you this, but when I, when I first went there, I thought, well, this is a pretty aggressive company. You know, your dad is an eight, I think, is that right? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, He's an, I've heard he's an eight with an eight wing. I've never met your dad, you know, isn't that, it's crazy. No, we need to get him on this podcast. He'd be a great yeah. as an eight. Cause he's, eight. Oh yeah, he's pure eight. Yeah. Eight with an eight wing. Yes. So I, I, um, I, I went there thinking, ah, there's going to be a lot of eights. There's going to be a lot of threes. There's going to be blah, blah, blah. And I did a survey of the room because a lot of people already knew their type. But when I arrived there, first of all, the room was empty. And all the pens on the tables were perfectly aligned. The people were so prepared for my arrival that I felt like the president uh, met me at the door, brought me in. Showed, I mean, it was so organized. I realized they're all ones. And in fact, most of the people in that room, probably that day there were five or 600, three, I can't remember, but hundreds of people in the room. I said, how many of you were ones? And the majority were ones. Now, mm. here's why. Okay. Ones uh, want to be good. And they want to be virtuous. They want to be responsible. They want to act appropriately. And um, they love teaching other people how to live well appropriately, responsibly, etc. Now, if they're not healthy, um, they won't teach, they'll preach, right? So there'll be this kind of thing, you know, like, well, you should have done this with your budget, right? If they're healthy, they're beautiful teachers to help people improve the quality of their lives. And so I was like, well, look, why didn't I think of that? Of course, they're mostly ones, you know? Um, so anyhow, that was very, very interesting very, to me. Very fascinating. I don't even know if I would have guessed that. If you had said what kind of company is Ramsey, I probably would have said, I would have, yeah, I would have, I would have gone one of the aggressive numbers, right? I probably would have said three, well, eight, there's some seven in us for sure. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Well, so it might be, it, it might be 
But oftentimes people think that the CEO's type determines the culture, like the cultural type. It's not true. Um, because it, it depends on the constellation of all the people that are there mm. that, you know, because a, you may have a CEO who's one number, but this company is actually a whole different number. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for a whole host of reasons. Okay. Let's talk about twos for a second. How do you think twos would, would handle money and finances? Uh, I see twos as probably being some of the most um, generous, probably one of the most mm-hmm. generous numbers of the Enneagram with their money. I think that they are going to be way more servant oriented, way more um, apt to help you with something, even if it's, you have to buy it, right? So that they'll, they'll, they'll spend money, but probably not as much on themselves probably more for others. So yes. uh, I just had my third baby about seven months ago and the amount of meals that came, <laughs> most of them were twos. <laughs> like, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but it's like, yeah. and, and again, whether it was takeout, they cooked it, whatever it was, but I just, I see there's such that servant heart in that too. Yep. Um, and I think that they probably are one of the most, they're probably, if not the most generous number, um, it, it, they're up there for sure. So let me tell you what they're like when they're not very healthy. And I have a story too to go with it. Can't wait. They're over generous and they over help. Uh, and the reason they do is twos believe the helpers that they have to meet the needs of others in order to win their love and approval. Right? So twos, let me give you a story. I knew a woman, she was a retired teacher, right? And her daughter and son-in-law bought a house that they really couldn't afford, right? Mortgage payment started to get onerous. They were really going under and kept talking to mom about it. And uh, one day mom shows up at their house with a check for the balance of their mortgage. Oh, my gosh. Right. So instead of saying, sell your house and live in an apartment, mm-hmm. she showed up with a check mm. to pay off the mortgage. Yes. And bad decisions, right? Right. And the kids were uncomfortable at one. I mean, they were thrilled on one level, but they knew that there was a string attached to the check. In other words, that they were on the hook, that mom, mom was saying, I'll take care of your needs if you take care of mine without my actually having to ask you to do it. Uh, so twos can be over generous, over helpers, and sometimes that help financially can be intrusive and invasive. Yes, yes. Right? And, and damaging to the people they're helping. Sure, because they strip the dignity of that adult child, right? Mm-hmm. For them to... Yeah. The, the consequence of having too big of a mortgage for their income or having to go through the pain of selling it and getting, I mean, right. Like all of that instills so much in you and they kind of take that dignity from you. Right. Cause they want to come in and, and overly help. Yep. That's a great point. Yep. Yeah. All right. Let's go to you threes. Uh, I'm going to speak for myself. More <laughs> <laughs> spenders. I would say if I wasn't Dave Ramsey's daughter, I'd probably have a lot of debt. <laughs> probably go get nice things and enjoy it. Um, no, I'm, but like for real though, I think threes probably have a lot of debt. And I think that we probably are, we're, we are probably more, the more the spender type number. Um, and, and on things and experiences or kind of like what you said earlier, but for everyone else to see, right? Which right. is a question I've learned to ask myself, Ian. 
not bringing it back to me. It's probably a very three thing to do. But uh, I've, for over the past couple of years, like learning the Enneagram in this, and I'm like, okay, so every time I make a purchase, whether it's like a nice brand of shoes or piece of clothing or a thing in my kitchen, I don't care what it is. I, I ask myself every time, I'm like, okay, if no one sees this, do I still want it? Hmm. Wow, that's a great question for three. That's a good question. My filter, and it's helped me so much because sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, I still want these. Like I've been wanting, you know, X, Y, or Z, and I'm still going to do it. I don't care if anyone sees it. I just want it because I'm excited about it. But sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, I really want people to see that. So I've got to check myself. I don't know. So I feel like that's a three thing. Threes. I hope you heard that uh, as you think about money, you know, because um, it's a very probing, challenging question. And I think what we're describing, again, is, 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 is a three that's not very self-aware. They, they will tend to want to acquire status symbols. And so they'll spend money on stuff that signals success. Because in the mind of a three, success equates with love. Uh, and so they're, they want not only to be successful, but as their unconscious motivation to appear successful. Mm. So let me give you an example of this. My dad was a three. And we went through a long season, an alcoholic, very troubled guy. We went through a long season where we were broke. I, I don't mean like broke. I mean like newspapers in your loafers not to let the water in from the rain broke, right? Now, we had some money, but my dad would buy – $3,000 suits in the 1980s. Mm. You, know, you know what I'm saying? Like He's he happy. had to drive a sports car. He had to have, and we did not have the money. Like I, I have no idea to this day how he managed to do it, right? But he had to appear successful and it cost a lot of money, but he was a very unhealthy three. Mm. Very unhealthy three. All right, now let's get to the mysterious types. May I jump in with a real quick thought? Rachel, I love that you ask yourself a question that gets to the unconscious motivation of the three. So maybe we could work toward uh, coming up with a question for each number to address that unconscious motivation as it relates to spending as we go forward. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Let's try it. Let's try it. You know, I think, by the way, with, with ones, and we're going to talk about this with fives, and I want to ask you a, a question, Rachel, when we do it. So don't, don't forget to remind me. I have a question when we hit fives that will also apply to ones. All right, fours. The unconscious motivation is to be special and unique, okay? Because fours feel like there is a fatal flaw or missing piece in their lives that has rendered them deficient. And so they have to make up for it by being original, by being creative, by being different than everybody else, right? Now, how do you think fours would spend money? Oh, so I was just trying to think. They're the, you guys are the most mysterious number, obviously, for me. Um, Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um. I don't know. That's a, I don't. I honestly don't know, Ian. I, I yeah. try to how four would would handle money and um, probably. I don't know. Would you say probably not? As they probably are not going to be as open to other people about their situation financially. I could see them being a little bit more secretive of like, uh, right. do my thing over here. 
Um, so the community aspect, I wonder how open they would be to, to talk about finances. But I don't know. You tell me. What do you think? How do you think they would spend? Well, yeah, so I think with fours that, number one, depending on the subtype of four, um, they would think conversations about money were beneath them. Mm. Like, like as though, because, you know, fours can be pretty elitist. Right now, I've known poor fours. I've known wealthy fours. Right, but oh, you know, money is a pedestrian, plebeian sort of conversation when we should be talking about philosophy or art or music. You know, it's like money. Oh, that's crass almost to be talking about money. Now, another thing about fours would be is that they could spend a lot of money on things of beauty or things like that, and they would do it because they're uncompromising. Like, they're not going to buy a print. They want the original. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They, they, don't, they don't want, uh, in your words, uh, Anthony, they don't want to buy a, uh, you know, sort of a knockoff of a Telecaster. They want a 1958 Telecast, yes. you know. In other words, and they will spend money they don't have in, in order to buy the ideal. Now, at the same time, I can see a four doing the opposite. You know, you, you'll see a lot of fours, particularly social fours. You know, they're buying their clothes at consignment shops, and you know, trying to look different, especially. You know, they're looking for so their their search. They could be quite frugal in some ways, if rebellious, like the norm. yeah. 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 If their shtick was, I'm going to be special and unique by looking like, you know, a, a hobo. You know what I mean? Like it, so it kind of depends. But I know a lot of fours, a lot of fours who have very expensive tastes. They, they really do. Uh, and because they, they love the finer, more beautiful things in life. And I suppose I could get them into trouble. All right, let's move on to fives, the individualists. What do you think? My husband's a five. Yay, fives. The investigator. Um, they are, and he would say this, so this is not me talking ill will about my husband. For real, though, scare, more scarcity-minded, Yes. Uh, more hoarding type. Yep. Um, like, uh, I think I just want X amount in the bank before I feel good to do X, Y, and Z. Like, we just need to really make sure we're, you know, it, it, it's that mentality very much more so. Um, so I would say they're probably natural savers. Um, and yeah, I think there's probably a security that money gives, um, where threes, it's a status thing where fives. I see it as kind of the security, um, yes. for them. so let me give you another word for security and see if it connects. Okay. Self-sufficiency. Yes. They fives don't fives want a life where they never really ever have to rely on anybody else for anything now or in the future. Mm -hmm. So acquiring a lot of money would make sure that they wouldn't have to go to their kids and rely on them to get them into assisted living. You know what I mean? Yep. Or yes. the, the, and, and they're, they're by nature minimalists. So like, it's so funny to me, like I have five friends and they have like, 20-year-old cars that 
where the, everything is falling apart. It's okay to have a 20-year-old car, right? But to have it where it's like constantly falling apart and they're in the garage putting it back together again every 15 minutes. <laughs> so I think the minimalism can also be a problem. They have 10-year-old printers, you know? They, they, don't, they don't tend to win beauty contests. Yeah. Oh, Ian, we laugh all the time because Winston, like, I mean, up until just probably, we've been married 10 years. It was probably a good six years into marriage where his, his like white undershirts, right, that he'd wear under collar shirts or whatever. And again, he would say this if he was on it. He, oh, holes on this. And he had Sharpie of his initials on the back collar. Yeah. Yep. Like, to a college camp and they would like do their laundry. I was like, babe, you had an, an under, no, a package of like 10 undershirts costs $7 on Amazon. I'm just going <laughs> to buy them for you. Like, oh yeah, but he didn't care. He does not care. He's like, I'm good. It still works. I'm good. So yeah, it is so, it is so fun. And two pairs of jeans and then you just yep. flip flop them. That's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> because they have, because they have limited energy, they don't like to buy a lot of stuff that requires maintenance Overwhelmed. or taking uh -huh. care of it. They want everything simple. And they want, they want independence and autonomy. So it's like, I'm not going to spend money on stuff when I may need that money in the future to, to ensure that I can remain self-sufficient and not rely on others. Yes. And we're so, I'm, more of a, I'm more of a quantity, right? I could have like 30 pairs of whatever earrings that are cheap and like not expensive. But he would have one, if he did something, like if we had to buy a TV, I'm like, oh, just get a, get a mid-range one i don't care and if it breaks in four years we'll replace it it'll probably be cheaper in four years like i don't care. you know and he's like no no no. we're going to replace the tv but it takes you know five months to research it and it takes you know what i mean it's like the thing and we're going to get a nice one though so like he will do a quality purchase after the research and making sure everything's good kind of thing where i'm less on that i'm like i don't know we can just get a cheaper one and we can replace it if we need to later so but, that's the but, but but probably his mindset is if you amortize the cost of this television over 10 years, 15 years, because that's how long we're going to have it, <laughs> it's not that expensive. You know what I mean? That's it, right. So, oh. Totally, totally. Love All right, let's get, so, so fives and ones, are you ready for this? Now, I know what y'all have this mission, and I understand the Ramsey mission. Don't you think that people can be neurotically frugal to the point that it's unhealthy. A hundred percent. Well, it's like the, it's the bigger barns scripture, right? I mean, it's just like, we're going to just hoard and keep and keep and keep and keep and not spend. And so that's why, you know, even when I'm teaching parents of how to teach their kids about money, I tell them all the time, you have to teach them to give, save and spend. You have to do all three because mm -hmm. all three are necessary. And when you get to a point, right. We talk about living like no one else. So later you can live and give like no one else. So that latter end is to enjoy it. And we find, oh yeah, Ramsey hardcore fans. And they're like, they don't want to take a $2,000 trip. And I'm like, you can, no, take a $5,000 trip because you have $500,000 in the bank or whatever it is. I'm like, right. forcing people to spend because it gets, yes, it can, it can be unhealthy. No, I'm a, I'm a hundred percent with you. Yeah, because I've often felt sometimes that when I meet somebody who's like almost a fundamentalist about their finances, you know, and they're, they're so frugal, it's almost puritanical, you know what I mean? And I'm like, this is no way to live. Like, I want you to live responsibly, but I don't want you to be a, like essentially like a monk living in the woods, not, you know, eating bark. Well, and it's the classic example of just like holding your money in a tight fist because usually those, those people are not generous people.
because right. they don't do anything. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it, it, that's a that's a real thing for sure. Hey, Typology Tribe, I want to take a moment to thank our sponsors for helping us bring you what I hope is great content every week. Now, you all know I'm a big proponent of counseling, so whether you feel like something is interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving certain goals, counseling is a great tool to help identify what those blocks are and then work through them. Yet, you and I know finding a therapist can sometimes feel intimidating, but not with BetterHelp. BetterHelp offers online counseling at your own time and your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus text and chat with your therapist when it's convenient for you. These are licensed professional counselors who specialize in things like depression, anxiety, stress, relationships, LGBT matters, trauma, and grief. BetterHelp has counselors available worldwide and have over 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. And get this. If you're not satisfied with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time at no additional cost. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. I want you to start living a happier life today. So as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash typology podcast. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Typology Podcast, T-Y-P-O-L-O-G-Y-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. All right, let's talk about sixes, my, one of my favorite numbers, the loyalists. And their unconscious motivation is to feel secure and safe. Mm. So how, how, how would they be with money? Uh, I, would probably, I would probably group them into probably more natural savers, I would assume. Um, I think that there's probably a level of, of that security that the five has too. But um, I don't know, sixes, are, sixes and fours are my like mystery. I can never seem to like get a handle on them. Um, yeah, but I, yeah I, I see that still kind of being in the forefront of a six's mind. Yeah, I think, um, you know, sixes have two variants, right? They have the phobic six and the counterphobic six. I think a phobic six would be more likely to, because of the anxiety they feel, they have felt anxiety, um, to try and be responsible with money, right? because they're all about safety and security, right? But the counterphobic six doesn't know they're afraid, right? They, they, they are afraid, but they don't know they're afraid. So that's why they often look like eights. And that number might be less inclined than uh, a phobic six to be responsible with money. That said, it really operates on a continuum. There's no pure type. So it's like they go 
phobic, counterphobic, and it kind of moves around. I think the the problem with sixes is probably with money is they don't trust their own inner guidance system. Hmm. And that's why people like you are so helpful to sixes because you're the experts. Sixes are always looking for experts to tell them what to do. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, I bet you a lot of the people that you serve are sixes. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that would be a, oh man, now like the next event, if we ever have events again in life, I want to be like, okay, what's everyone's number? Because I would be curious. That is, that's a oh. great, yeah. And they're willing yeah. to, yeah. Yeah. All right, sevens. This one's going to be easy. Sevens, oh gosh. <laughs> they're spenders, spenders. They probably have a lot of debt too because they probably just pay for everyone's stuff. You know, I mean, like my friends that are sevens, like we'll all be out to dinner. They're like, oh, I'll get the check. And I'm like, you don't have to get the check. Like we can all pay for our food. Like, oh, it's okay. No worries. And I'm like, okay, what? Yeah, sevens, it's like, oh yeah. Good time 24-7. And money for them is a tool to like just live that out. Just to be spontaneous, do the things they yeah. want to do. And it feels like they don't, they don't really have a care in the world. They're probably not budgeting, let's be honest. <laughs> right. So, sevens, one of the things they're going to struggle with is impulsivity. So, Im impulse buys would be a problem for sevens. I have a son who's a seven, so I know something about it. Impulse buys. The, their other name is the Epicure. And so, they really love the finer things in life. Beautiful watches, beautiful cars. See, now... You might look at that seven and think they look like a three, but it's for a whole different motivation. Um, they they um, will buy beautiful clothes. They, but it, it, there's, we have this partly too is that they struggle with delaying gratification. So it's mm -hmm. like I got to have it now. Once mm -hmm. they think they, it's like I got to have it right now, right? Um, and so I, I would imagine, you know, you probably have a bunch of sevens in trouble that are. In your in, in your in your organization's uh, fold, trying to figure out how do I stop yes. being somebody oh. who lives this impulsively. And back to Anthony's point earlier, which we haven't done yet, but the question for each number a sevens could be: Did you wait overnight before that purchase? Yeah, like forcing you put that time in right. between right. that urgency and that emotion, that feeling, and actually let logic set in, and that dopamine rise that you feel like you're going to have when you hit the Amazon cart, you know, like to buy yeah. something, let it just rest. Cause once that emotion goes away, you probably, most sevens I would think would be like, Oh yeah, I really don't need it. But all right. Eights. All right. You know something about eights. Oh, those challengers. Yes. Uh, I feel like eights could be super responsible when they, when they have their mind to it because they don't want authority over them. <laughs> I feel like and so they don't mm -hmm. want a debt collector calling them. Like they don't want, like, do you know what I mean? Like they, they want um, the freedom of anyone telling them probably what to do. Um, so they may not be in debt and I could see them getting very passionate if they have a goal of something that they would, they would do it and accomplish it probably in crazy amount of time too. Um, yeah. Being very focused on it. And yeah, so I would say some eights may not have a lot of debt because again, I think that authority thing is big. Right. They don't want to be at the mercy of some debt collector, the IRS, anybody. Mm -hmm. You know, eights feel like um, they, they, they want to be in charge and they, they have a interesting, a friend of mine would say that eights are less interested in being in control of you as much as they are of you being in control of them. 
So you can see how that would play out, right? I, I just don't want debt, you know, because then you would be in control of me, yeah. right? However, I know other rates who uh, are also, because they're so lusty and gusto and go for it and make big decisions quickly, um, they can be impulsive like sevens and can get themselves into some trouble with money, you know. Um, and they're not as self-reflective as other people might be, you know, um, about, about stuff. All right, last one. We got to hit nines. Yep, nines. The um, peacemakers. Yes. Um, oh, man. I would say probably a frugal sense about them. Um, I would think that they, I'm thinking of the nines in my head right now that I know. Um, I see them just yielding to what other people are wanting, right? So it's like, well, we want to go here on vacation. And it's like, they may know in their heads, oh, I can't really afford it, but we'll, we'll still go. It's like kind of they're at their opposite of the eight. I would think that they kind of are at the mercy of people and, and decisions because I see them yielding to what other people are wanting them to do in the moment. Again, right. I guess. I don't know, Ian. No, think? that's good. That's good. I, I also think in many ways you probably have a lot of nines in uh, that Ramsey's helping a lot of nines. Here's why. Um, nines can be disorganized. Um, they can procrastinate. They have trouble prioritizing. Mm. Um, they A lot of trouble prioritizing. Um, they may, you know, you'll, you'll find nines probably with a lot of bills stacked on the dining room table that they, they started to work on, but something else got their attention and they wandered off to do that. Um, so nines, uh, could, could have a lot of trouble with budgeting because they get started on a mission. Okay. So I bet you, you get a lot of nines who buy courses because they're like, okay, now I'm going to get it together. And they, they, they watch, they watch, they start doing it, and then they start to suffer mission drift. And they, they stop. And they, they fall subject to inertia. And then the whole money thing can just get disorganized, discombobulated, has no priorities. Now, remember, we have spoken about all nine types in the average to unhealthy space. So I want to be clear, yeah, all, all types, all types could be very responsible with money mm -hmm. if they so chose. So I don't want to in any way say this is a determined deal. Anybody in these numbers will all act this way. No, we're talking about basically the challenges. And so that means in that kind of average to low average space. But we have sort of made a case here, you and I, that personality, if it doesn't become a data point in are thinking about how people will respond to money. Like, like I think if I was a financial advisor, I would want to give all of my clients an Enneagram test. All of them. Yep. I would want to know what their types were. Um, because it would, it would save me time. Like, why is she so anxious? And why is he so spendy? And why is this person wanting to take a risk on this investment when it's not well researched? Or, you know what I mean? Like, I would be able to know what was going on in their heads around money. I think it'd be fascinating. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a huge tool for sure.
All right. Well, I can't wait for your new book. You'll know yourself. I believe in that. Know your money. Discover why you handle money the way you do and what to do about it. Rachel Cruz, how do, how do people find out about the stuff that you're doing? Yes, you can go to rachelcruz.com. Uh, I have a podcast, YouTube show, all the things. So it's all, it's all there. Right. And Cruz is C-R-U-Z-E, everybody. Not C-R-U-I-S-E, but C-R-U-Z-E. I just love it whenever we have time together. I love your energy. I love your spirit. It's always fun. And uh, so I'm really glad you came on. Well, Ian, thanks for having me. Been a huge fan, obviously, of the work you guys are doing, you and Anthony both. So thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. And love Typology. It's great. Keep it coming. Thank you, girl. Hey, thank you, Typology listeners, for being with us today. I hope this topic was helpful to you and challenging. And um, we love you. We're grateful for you. And uh, remember the words of the great Oscar Wilde. Be yourself. Everybody else is already taken. Until next time. Hey, all, before we go out, this is Anthony Skinner with one reminder. Registration for True You opens in the next few weeks, so join the wait list if you want to be notified. To do that, visit Typology Institute. That's T-Y-P-O-L-O-G-Y Institute.com to sign up now. That's Typology Institute.com. Have a fantastic week. See ya.